Well, hello and welcome once again to Beat the Reset. My name is Tim and I am the guy in the hat. And today I am talking once again with my very good friend and associate, Sam from Adams Bullion. How are you, Sam? Very well, Tim. Thanks for having me again today. Had a great time with you last time and yeah, looking forward to today as well. Absolutely. Uh, your information uh, that you provided for us last time is first class. So we're going to be doing a few of these uh, in the series. Uh, but today we're going to talk about one of your favourite topics, of course, which is, of course, bullion. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we're going to tackle the topic of uh, how to go about buying it. Now, you're going to give us some information or our audience some information about the three steps to buy buying bullion. It's a mm -hmm. question we get a lot. So I'm going to handball over to you uh, and uh, tell us all about how we go about buying it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're buying bullion, um, I like to think of it as a three-step decision-making process as to exactly what you'd be buying. So I guess to, to start off with the first step there, the first decision to make is which metal that you'd like to buy. So um, gold and silver are the obvious two. They've been money for thousands of years. We've also got platinum available as well. Um, so th uh, the decision to make there is uh, gold is the slower and steadier increase of the three. Um, it's the lowest risk of the three. Um, so more suitable for those with lower risk tolerances to add to their portfolios. Um, now, silver, I'd call gold's crazy little cousin. So it's known for its big, sharp jumps upwards um, as well as downwards there too. So when gold moves up, silver generally moves up further. And when gold moves down, silver generally moves down further as well. Um, so for people that are a bit more comfortable with volatility in their portfolio, silver could be very suitable for them. Um, and then lastly is platinum. So Platinum's not a monetary metal like gold and silver is. It doesn't have that history of being money for thousands and thousands of years. Um, but it is still a precious metal. It's still definitely valued around the world. Um, and there's a few reasons to really like platinum. So, you know, from a relative value perspective, the platinum to gold ratio, um, it's similar to the silver to gold ratio in that it, it makes people really like the idea of buying silver or in this case buying platinum because it's so cheap compared to gold. Um, so yeah, the, the first decision to make there is which one of the three or, or, or more specifically in which quantity. So, you know, a lot of people they'll come in, they'll buy, you know, 50-50, um, 70-30, you know, that kind of split between the different metals. Um, so that's the first decision to make for you there as an investor. Now, the second decision to make when you're buying bullion is whether you're buying coins or whether you're buying bars. Now, the decision there comes down to, well, when you buy bars, you'll generally speaking get a bar cheaper than you would a coin. Um, it's got less production value involved in it, um, hence why you can get it cheaper, which leads to the question of, well, if I'm paying less for a bar than a coin, why would I pay the extra to get a coin? Why wouldn't I just get bars, get the most bang for my buck? It's a great question. Um, the answer there for coins comes down to the potential to gain collector value over time. So look, for me myself, I mainly buy coins. Um, when I first got into bullion, I was mainly into bars, but that's shifted over time. As I've learned more and more, I've, I've gotten yeah, really into coins. Um, and that reason is that some of the coins that I've bought in the past, I've done very, very well on, where the collector value has increased substantially. Um, and I've actually sold some of those coins for a profit and then moved those profits into more coins. 
Um, so it's kind of a, yeah, a little game to play there is the collector game. So um, not every coin will become collectible. Um, it is a little bit hit and miss, but if you give yourself enough shots on goal there, um, then you know chances are you come across a good coin eventually. Um, so that's that's the second decision is coins versus bars. And then the third decision there is the size of the coin or bar. So um, when you're buying bullion, the larger the coin or bar that you're buying, the cheaper you'll get it on a per gram or per ounce basis. Um, so that really attracts people towards the larger bars, but hold your horses there. Um, smaller bars are very popular for A, liquidity, and for B, barter. So starting off with A there, liquidity, um, when it comes time to, let's just say that you have an unexpected expense in life. You know, you have a, you have a bill that comes out of nowhere that you've got to pay. You know, your car breaks down, make up a story. Well, okay, well, say you need, I don't know, two, $3,000. Okay, all right. But you've only got a one kilo gold bar, which is worth a hundred grand. Well, now you've got to sell your whole kilo of gold, get a hundred grand for it, and then pay your three grand bill, and you're left with ninety-seven grand left over. And you've, now you've got to do something with that. Um, you compare that to the scenario where you've bought a bunch of one-ounce gold bars instead, um, so they're worth just over three thousand dollars each. Well, what you can do is you can sell just one of your one-ounce bars, uh, pay your bill, and then still have the rest in the gold that you've looking to have it in, um, still still going. So, and that, that's that's the first part. The second part there is barter. So for some people, they really like the idea of having smaller pieces of gold and particularly silver that they can have on hand to barter with people if they ever need to. So, you know, if you need to give somebody, you know, $100 for whatever reason, you can just give them a couple ounces of silver. Um, and of course, if you've got, going back to that one kilo gold bar example, you know, it's... It, it's not very frequent in life that you'd need to give somebody $100,000, um, hence why that sort of thing would not be suitable for barter in most cases. Mm. Wow. So um, incredible information, Sam. And these seem to be the questions that people really want to know, isn't it? I mean, uh, you were telling me about a client that came in recently and said, you know, I, where do I, what do I do? Where do I start? Um, and this is the sort of information that really people want. Um now, you mentioned coins. Now, you and I obviously have a fascination with coins, but is coins really – is that what people come in asking for? Is that what you generally start people off on? Um, where do you tend to start mums and dads? Yeah, so great question there. I, I, generally, I generally tend to start people off with bars, um, reason being that I say that you, you, your decision there for coins versus bars should come down to your exit strategy. So, you know, if, if one day your plan with your bullion is to bring it back into me as a bullion dealer – then I'd be pointing you towards bars. Coins are best for when you sell them on the collector market to a private individual who pay you the collector premium for them. But myself as a bullion dealer, I'm just going to pay you spot price, which is, you know, you're going to, you're going to miss out on the collector value there. Hence why, again, I point people towards bars. Um, so it's good to have what I would say that the core of your stack to be in low premium bars that you can just bring straight back into the bullion dealer if you ever need to. Um, and then once you've got that core of your stack built with the bars, that's when you can start looking at coins, you know, start playing the collector game, that sort of thing. Because if you ever do need quick cash, you've got your core stack there, your bars ready to go. You don't have to worry about your coins. You know, you can, you can list them up, sell them to collectors. You can take your time when doing so. Whereas, you know, if you ever need quick cash, again, you've got your bars, you can bring them straight into the bullion dealer. So it's good to have both. It's good to diversify the stack a bit. As I said, you've got your core stack there of just low premium bars, and then you've got your coins later. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so two other topics I 
want you to quick sort of quickly talk about with our audience. Uh, the first is um, fractional. Uh, how how much weight you know? Excuse the pun. Do you put in fractional? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also rounds. A lot of people ask me what's a round. Uh, so. Can you address both of those? Yeah, so the, the first part about fractional, I mean, that's mainly referring to fractional gold, but there are fractional silver coins out there as well. Um, what I would say, first of all, with fractional gold is that, yes, the premiums are considerably higher when you buy fractional gold, you know, quarter-ounce gold coins, one-tenth-ounce gold coins, even smaller. Um, so you do pay more than, you know, if you bought, say, 10 one-tenth-ounce gold coins, that's going to cost you significantly more than if you bought one one ounce gold coin even though it's the same amount of gold um, but having said that when it comes time to selling those fractional gold coins onto the secondary market to a collector you do maintain that premium they're happy to pay you that premium over spot so it's not like you're really losing it um, it's just that it's not tied up in 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 the gold um, so that's that I'd say that fractionals are great for that reason and they're great for barterability. Um, and as I said, you don't necessarily lose the premium if you do sell it to a collector, um, which is who you should be selling your coins to anyway here. Um, and then the same thing goes for silver there as well. So silver coins, fractional silver coins can have very high premiums. You know, for one tenth ounce silver coins, you know, seven or eight dollars a coin isn't unreasonable to pay. Um, but that works out to 70 or 80 dollars an ounce. Whereas, you know, you can get a one ounce silver coin today for, you know, 45 dollars or something like that. So, you know, you, you, you are paying considerably higher premiums there. But as I said earlier, you can get those premiums back on the back end when you sell them to a collector. Um, so I'd say that I, fractional gold, uh, I, I like m- even more so than fractional silver um, because, you know, an ounce of gold, $3,100. Not everyone's got $3,100, but, you know, an ounce of silver, 45 bucks. Um, most people do have that. So, yeah, fractional gold is great for that reason. But even fractional silver, you know, when it comes to barter, and particularly if you think about spot price being considerably higher than it is now, you know, a world in dare I say it, $1,000 an ounce silver or one-tenth of an ounce would be $100 then, which, I mean, that's that's quite a common amount to barter too. So, yeah, it, there's a bit of nuance there, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and rounds. So what's the difference between a round and a coin? It's a question I get a lot. Yeah, so the difference between rounds and coins comes down to the producer of the round or coin. So coins are produced by national mints um, that have the backing of governments. So here in Australia, our Perth Mint or the Royal Australia Mint, um, they both produce coins that have Australian legal tender face values. Um, Whereas rounds are produced by private companies without government backing and without a face value on the rounds. Um, so here at Adams Bullion, we've, we've produced some rounds recently um, and those those were not backed by the government, obviously, um, and those rounds do not have a dollar face value on them. So, yeah, government versus private. Beautiful. Um, now, beyond – okay, so bars and coins. Now, way, way down the far end of uh, investment is, of course, your and my favourite category, which is numismatics. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I guess – I know this is an extreme end of metals – what sort of person gets into numismatics? I mean, is it mum and dad investors that are starting out? Who who gets into numismatics? Yeah, so it, numismatics is a really interesting one. It, it appeals more to, to collectors. So if you collect other things other than just coins, then numismatics could be right up your alley. Um, I would say that it's, it's, it's more so popular with people who have been stacking for a while bullion products and they kind of – 
they come across a numismatic item and they think, wow, this is stunning. You don't see this kind of production quality on bullion items. You know, the, it, it just looks amazing. I have to have it. And that's, that's how I got my start in numismatics. You know, I saw a, a numismatic coin one day that I thought, wow, that is amazing. I need that. And I was happy to pay vastly over spot for it. Um, so it's not something what I would necessarily say people should start off in. Having said that, though, there are people that do get started in numismatics and then make their way over to bullion. Um, you know, they, 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 they call it starting on the dark side here in the bullion industry and then coming over to the light. Um, but if you've been stacking for a while and, you know, you've, you're looking for a little bit of extra flavor for your stack or you come across something where you think, you know, I just have to have it, that's where numismatics falls into things for me. Yeah, I totally agree. And we all go down that path. We look at our bars and we love it. And then there just seems to be something lacking, doesn't there? In yeah. Well, I mean, for me personally, with my numismatics, I, I really love numismatics that hold a message. Um, you know, for me, I love Silver Shield coins. Um, Chris Dwayne from the US, um, you know, he, they've produced a bunch of coins. Um, Silver Shield's the brand of them. And you know, some of those coins, they speak to me on a deep, deep level. Um, you know, I joke that some of my Silver Shield coins are the worst investments I'll ever make because I could never sell them. So I could never crystallize a profit. Um, but I love them and I will hold them forever. And, and what would happen if you took those Silver Shields back to, say, a bullion dealer like you? Would they give you the collector value? No. So I would not bring Silver Shield coins into a bullion dealer like me. And um, the reason being, I will not pay you the collector value for these coins. I'll I'll pay you the spot price for these coins, which is maybe a third or less of what they're really worth. So, no, I would not bring these coins into a bullion dealer. It's not the right place for them. Mm. So that's the big that's the big deterrent, isn't it, for a lot of people? Yes. So numismatics, I would say they're nowhere near as liquid as actual bullion itself. You know, if, if your bars and stuff, you can bring it into me. I'll give you cash or bank transfer on the spot, same day. That's better than shares with their two-day settlement. Um, whereas numismatics, you've got to go onto the collector market. You've got to find someone who's looking for that particular numismatic, um, and that can be quite a lengthy process. So you know, you could think to yourself, "All right, I'd like to sell this," and then three or four weeks later, finally sell the item. So, yeah, not 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 as good on liquidity. So, Sam, final question. This is the big the big one the the fifty thousand dollar question: gold or silver? What a question. I'd call it the million dollar question there. Um, so let, let me let me preface everything that I say next with I love gold. Gold's a great investment. Gold will do very well in the years to come, um, particularly with everything going on around the world, of course. But having said that, silver is my answer. Now, there's a few reasons. I'll, I'll start off with the gold to silver ratio. So you know, if you look at the gold to silver ratio at the moment, it's 88 ounces of silver or around that to one ounce of gold takes 88 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. If you look at that historically, that's very, very high. You know, if you look back at 2011, it, that ratio hit 30 ounces of silver to one ounce of gold. Um, and if you look back at the peak of the 1970s bull market in 1980, that, that ratio hit 16 to one. 16 ounces of silver bought you one ounce of gold. So, and... Normally, when precious metals have a, a bull market, so for those that aren't aware, that's a, that's a market where they, they trend upwards. Um, in precious metals bull markets, silver always outperforms gold to the upside. Um, so for, those re for, for that reason, I really like it. Another way of looking at it is that silver is a lot more undervalued compared to gold. 
Um, you know, gold's done quite well. You know, over the last 23 years, it's averaged a 9% return per year in Aussie dollars. Um, last year, it went up 13.5% in Aussie dollars, um, whereas silver has languished. So, you know, again, you look at, say, 2011. Okay, well, back in 2011, gold hit $1,900 an ounce US. Um, today, we're at over 2000 And silver hit $50 an ounce US. Today, we're at less than 25 So... You know, to, just to play catch up to where gold is, silver's got to double, and I think silver will do more than double. Um, so for those reasons, silver over gold, and then the last reason I'll throw in there for why silver over gold is the manipulation in silver. So I, I truly believe that silver is the world's most undervalued asset, and the reason for that is manipulation. So. If you look at the paper to silver ratio, this is something that you've spoken about before, Tim, you know, around 400 to 1 at the moment. There is so many paper contracts outstanding for silver that it's, it's crazy. It's like a game of musical chairs. You know, there's, there's, there's 400 people and there's one chair, one chair. And when you buy physical bullion, that chair's yours. Everybody who trades the paper game, you know, they're left standing when the music stops. Um, so that's that's why silver over gold. Silver is more manipulated than gold downwards. Therefore, when the manipulation breaks, it will shoot upwards faster than gold will. Mm. And the final question, I did say that was the final question, but I've got one more question. That's, of course, the one question everybody asks, where is the market going in 24 slash 25? What, what, what do you see happening? Yeah, <laughs> the $10 million question, hey? Um, look, I, I look at the, the, the precious metals markets. I, I think they're going to have an amazing year this year. The reason I say that is that if you look particularly at silver over the last few years, you know, ever since 2020, we've essentially been trading sideways, particularly in US dollars. Um, now, you can think of any sort of number of reasons for that. Manipulation does play into it, absolutely. But one of the major reasons I think that that's occurred is because interest rates have been raised at the fastest rate in history. Now, you know, in a credit-based or debt-based system, the, the price of credit or the price of debt is very, very important. So, you know, if, if, if rising interest rates has been what's kept the cap on the price of metals, well, if they turn around like they say they're going to do this year and lower interest rates, particularly in the face of high inflation, I think that's going to light an absolute rocket under the precious metals. I think the precious metals could have a very, very good year this year if they lower interest rates like they say they will. Mm, great point. Great point. Um, all right. Well, look, Sam, that's uh, all we've really got time for today. I mean, you've got amazing information. People can access you at uh, Level 3, 257 Collins Street. Uh, you are available five days a week? I five days a week, nine to five. Yeah, Amazing stuff. Uh, great metals, great products. Uh, you've got my favourite brand, XAG, of course. Uh, you're a silver guy. You're a numismatic guy. You're a coin guy. Everything I love about metals. You're a trader of all sorts of things from uh, com commodities to CFDs and Forex and goodness knows whatever else you're into, cryptos. Mm -hmm. um, Sam, uh, if, um, if you were to give mums and dads some advice right now, I mean, especially if people are new to metals and they've never heard about metals, you know, they've been paying off their mortgage and working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week to try to pay the bills, what could you, what sort of, I guess, knowledge or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What sort of advice could you give people, you know, in a kind of a more neutral way? How do you feel, you know, should should commodities be part of 
an investment portfolio? I know it's not an investment per se, but you know how you know you're a middle class mum and dad listening to this, and you're thinking, oh, how does this relate to me? You know how how could you kind of connect those two things together? You know, absolutely. So so to start off there, um, I think it's important to understand what metals are, what gold is. Um, so look, gold gold is money. Everything else is credit. J.P. Morgan himself said that. Um, and gold is the very underpinning of our entire financial system. It's where it all came from, goldsmiths. Um, so that's, that's <laughs> to put it all in perspective, to start off with there. Now, to answer your question as to how that applies to the average middle class person out there, just, you know, making it through life, <laughs> it's not easy at the moment. Um, I would say that, look, the literature out there, if you if you listen to academia, the universities and that sort of thing, they'll tell you to put 15% of your net wealth into precious metals. Now, I don't think that am- amount is high enough, but that's a good place to start. So for those who are wondering how this applies to me, well, if you're middle class, if you've got – if you're worth anything, then you, you need to be owning some gold and silver. And there's a there's a, a hedge fund manager out of the US called Ray Dalio. So he, he started Bridgewater Associates, which is the largest hedge fund in the world. And he said something about gold that really strikes me. He says that uh, if you don't own any gold, then you understand neither history nor economics. Mm. If you don't own any gold, you need to fix that, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, you won't get any argument out of me. It's uh, absolutely 100% agree with you. Um, incredible knowledge, Sam. Of course, ex- incredible the depth of trading knowledge and expertise. And you're only a young guy too. Like... You know, all of us think, you know, if we're only that young again, uh, you know, you've done amazing things and, and you've got an incredible future. You are the um, the future of this industry. Well, that's all we've really got time for today. Again, Sam, thanks for coming in, even though I was the one that came in with my little portable studio. <laughs> Jeez, we have some fun. We probably have too much fun, actually. Um, I'll put your contact details down the bottom. You don't mind if people call you about gold and silver? Absolutely not. <laughs> Feel not. free to reach out. Don't fight me on that, Sam. <laughs> all right. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, hopefully uh, some people will listen to this and understand the, the uh, I guess there's all, almost an element of urgency in it with the state of the monetary system globally and so on. Well, that's it for me, of course, the guy in the hat once again uh, coming to you from Adam's Bullion here at Level 3, 257 Collins Street. Uh, thank you again to my very good friend and associate, Sam Laurie, who's absolutely fabulous. His business partner, of course, is John Adams, who I'll hopefully get on the channel very shortly and we'll have a talk to him. Uh, very successful operators and very successful uh, little business that's it for me again guy in the hat hopefully you're looking after your health and your wealth and your families and as always make good choices